I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Well, it's eight o'clock. Let's roll. And cue the music. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. C2C Radio is live and on the air right now through Podbean and c2cradioshow.com. Thanks again for everybody listening in. Feel free to join the conversation, join the chat room, both on the website and, of course, through Podbean directly. I'm Stan Grubb, my tag team partner, Brian Taylor. What's up, Brian? I don't know, man. I'm not sold on this. Not sold on it. Okay. All right. Well, it is uh, It is definitely different. I'm still getting used to kind of the swing of things myself. Yeah, I mean, there ought to be some way that I can join without having to be a caller, you would think. But anyway. It's actually really aggravating that that happens that way. I will continue to look into uh, yeah. options, we'll say. Get on that uh, Discord. Did you join the Discord? Uh, no. I think there's a Discord or something somewhere. Huh, okay. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the email. When, uh, when I signed up. Okay. I think. Well, I'll have to get myself in there and start researching a little bit better because there's got, you're, you're out, you're right. There's got to be a better way. It yeah. is aggravating. Yeah. Uh, so the wrestling world's had a lot going on, Brian. Um, geez. When you really look at it, it's been a matter of new tag team champions and all elite wrestling. There is yet another this is crazy to say another injury in AEW. Um, I don't know how serious it is, but we know it was enough to have them announce it. And uh, it, it looks like, man, one half of the Young Bucks is out indefinitely, at least for now. Hmm. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what the other tag teams do then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I figure that's the best place to start is uh, Dynamite because, dude, once again, Dynamite just delivers in a lot of different ways. Once uh, the the main event, of course, was great. But in the surprise factor, uh, I talked about it in the chat earlier this week and last week. Um, I love that AEW finds a way to keep us surprised, even though we can sometimes see it coming. Not always, but sometimes. They yet again, this past week with the triple threat, I mean, they found a way. They just made sure that when we least expect it, that's when they hit it. And it's just, 
why can't other companies do this? You know what I mean? Like Impact doesn't really do it very well. They sometimes pull it off. Ring of Honor used to do it. Um, ECW used to be really good with it way back in the day. But it's AEW's turn, I guess. They just they know what they're doing. They know how to do it, and they find a way. What the surprise? Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime there's a title change, it should should be a surprise. You know, that's what I'm true. Saying? That's true. I mean, it's it's important to be able to have that and to not be uh, too predictable or obvious. But at the same point, I mean, it's it's really cool that they pull it off that the way that they do. So, I mean, that's really what what I'm getting at. Well, you tell me how it amazed you. Well, first and foremost, you know, the the end sequence is usually all right. Everybody's going to hit their finishing sequence, whether it's the the BTE trigger or you you name it, Mm -hmm. the the power bomb foot stomp that Swerve and Our Glory does. And I I don't know if there's actually a finishing sequence that Starks and Hobbs does. But anyway, they do that. They do all of those near falls, all of those those really tight finishes and you know, to me, I'm expecting, all right, BTE trigger, this is done. We're done here. You know, that's the Bucks retain, and we're, we're all going home. But instead, they broke that up, and they decided that when they did that, they're going to go a different direction, and then they made it almost look like, they made it almost look like Starks and Hobbs were going to win. Like, it is, it, it seemed to me like they were preparing us, but then they just decided to take it left. And the reason I say it's amazing to me is because after all of this time with the things that we see, I guess it's just, it's one of those, I'm glad that it surprised me. I definitely did no expectation that we were going to see new champs. So for me, it's all about that, that shock factor. Well, not really shock factor, just the cool surprise factor of it. Shock is probably a little too strong of a term. Well, I will say I was shocked when uh, Ricky went for the pin there at the end, and he was just so emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those times in in wrestling where you see that moment, right? Where there's that somebody knows what's going down. Like uh, Liv Morgan, for example, when she won Money in the Bank. If you look at it during her entrance you can see the emotion on her face. Like she knows something magic is going to happen, which is great. I was totally fine with it. Um, but it doesn't always happen. You really have to. And I think you're the one that actually clued me in on it uh, years ago as to how that typically goes down. But you didn't really see that. You just saw like a look of uh, intensity on Starks and Hobbs as they were heading to the ring, pretty normal. But then that, that kick out that you're talking about, that that look on his face is like, oh wow, they got something really really big getting ready to go down here. Yeah, um, I mean, I would have much rather seen uh, no offense, Starks and my man Hobbs, but um, I am glad for Swerve and Keith Lee though. What uh, what do you say to those that that say it's just WWE guys coming in and winning the titles? Uh, so first of all, let's let's dispel a rumor, right? Go for it. So that little they're WWE guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is like uh, BS. 
much as the same as their AEW guys, much as the same as their Impact guys or their mm -hmm. um, ROH or you know any number of um, any number of guys, right? Right, right. I dare you to find me more than a handful. So we'll we'll just say five. Okay. On the any WWE roster that is homegrown. Okay. That never wrestled anywhere else other than the WWE. Like so Raw, find me five. SmackDown, find me five. Uh NXT, find me five. Well, you might be you should be able to find it there, I would think. But yeah. um you know, NXT Europe or UK, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Find me five. Find me five on AEW's roster that they're homegrown. Jade Cargill, maybe. I think might be about the only one. I think he, maybe Hobbs, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Hobbs is in the factory, I think. Is that where he came from? Maybe. Yeah. But you, you see what I'm saying? I do, this, yeah. This this stupid little argument that, that sometimes people that have no clue about pro mm -hmm. wrestling get into about mm -hmm. homegrown talent is one of the dumbest things to argue about. Well, I think the concept of homegrown talent has, it's, it's a little passe now, like back in the eighties and nineties, you had that, right? You had two companies, you had NWA mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. had WWF and then you had nope. your territories that were still out there. Right. right. But, but again, though, the, they traveled the territories. Ric yep, Flair yep, wasn't true. a homegrown NWA. Right, right. right. Hulk Hogan's yep. not homegrown WWE. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe during the period of time where you had WWE and Impact, some of the um, <coughs> um, unschooled, maybe. <coughs> spoiled, um, whatever you want to call it. They, they, I guess they just got used to seeing, oh, wow, they're on the WWE. They're WWE homegrown now. Yeah. Right? No, no, that's not true. Seth Rollins wasn't, isn't a WWE homegrown WWE. Mox, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just it, terms like that just really, wow, get under my skin. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bothersome. And that's I asked you on purpose because I, I knew that was going to be similar to your reaction. And, and I have to agree with you. I, I think the day of this guy was a so-and-so guy, whoever, whenever company, is is past, long since past, from my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I can hear that he's cued in, so we'll bring him in here, and then I'll let you finish your thought. Rob Hafner, what's up, buddy? What's happening? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm trying to figure this pod bean thing out, but I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> we're still working the bugs out. I was just telling Brian at the start that uh, I need to get a little bit more well-versed on how to get you guys into the studio, the live part, before we go live, so to speak. But uh, So, Brian, you were finishing your thought about uh, the homegrown guys concept. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, if, if you know, the people in the business – because you'll never hear a, a, a WWE announcer or AW or Impact announcer say, ha, that's a homegrown WWE guy right there that just won the Impact title. <laughs> that's right. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. If they don't say it, why should then the layman fan who knows no better say it? Like where did where I, I have no clue where where it become like common practice mm-hmm. to say that. Well, I think it's a good example of of fans who think they know and want to show that they think they know. And then they come out there and they make that kind of a statement like, oh, CM Punk winning the title. That's just another WWE guy and Mox and all that. But the reality is, especially with, well, with both of those guys, if you look at it, I mean, Punk in a ring of honor and beforehand, Mox in death matches beforehand, right? I mean, this is a guy that created his own lineage and didn't have to go to WWE. Neither guy did. They right. did it because there was a lot of money and an opportunity, but they could have just as easily gone to TNA. Punk did go to TNA. Um, they could have easily stayed in the Indies. Hell, they could have gone to Japan. Right. But they chose to go a different direction. Yeah, it's just... I, I Dude, I really have no clue, like, um, how or why that crep up. And, and, like, nobody's correcting people. Yeah, that's true. Everybody you know just saying? wants everybody just runs off with it. They they yeah. get started on that concept, on that narrative, and no one stops it. it. It's well, I won't say no one. The other fans will tell them they're wrong, but what happens there is um no one from within the industry ever shuts them up or shuts it down. Right. You know, I mean fans can argue and back go back and forth all day long. Like we do it sometimes about different things, but at the end of the day, if if Jim Cornette, for example, says, "Well, nobody's a some you know homemade guy because they all came from their local independent, right. their local training clothes, school, whatever," so that should shut that argument down like immediately. I absolutely agree with you. Hmm. Mark the time and the date. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, July eighteenth at eight thirteen p.m. Eastern time. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I'll be sure to highlight that and bleep that out. Thanks, thanks, Brian. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, you won't. You're right. I won't. I leave it alone. I don't mm-hmm. edit anything out of our show. Plus, it's live. So suck. it is. So, Rob, what's your thoughts on that, man? Homegrown guys versus are they? You know, is there such a thing? Like, fans are com- have stated. I saw this on uh, Twitter after it happened, which actually annoyed me and made me shut down the app as soon as I opened it. That Swerve and Str- Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee winning the tag titles for AEW it's just more WWE guys taking the belts. Well, you can look at it twofold. Like one, these guys all had careers before the E. Yep. You know, they all had careers before the E. Now, did the E put them on a different platform? Of course, the that's the E's a different platform. Right. I mean, you can't say, well, this person's a WWE guy, this person's not. Because, I mean, it's not necessarily is that character, you know? <clears throat> it's like, is Dean Ambrose a WWE guy? Sure. Because Dean Ambrose was created by WWE, that persona. Mm -hmm. But the person, John Moxley, has been kicking ass for years. Yep. Um, And then the other side of it, you argue, is this isn't ex-WWE guys making it big. This is ex-WWE guys showing exactly 
what they were capable of and the WWE didn't do it. See, I think that's the key. I think what so many people forget and so many fans just, I don't know why, but refuse to acknowledge is that Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland specifically were wasted after they got out of NXT. Hell, Swerve didn't even get on TV. He just got fired as soon as it, as soon as they got called up. Keith Lee, they tried to saddle him with what they called an homage to Bearcat Wright. But what it really was, was Keith Lee was sick. He was out with a with an illness. He came back, got himself in as best of shape he could. But in the process of all of that, Vince wasn't impressed with him, wanted him to go back to train more. It's like they forgot what this guy did in Evolve, what this guy did on the Indies, what Swerve was doing in Atlanta. They didn't forget. It just didn't fit the mold that they wanted. Right. <laughs> I mean, because how many times have we seen the people come out, blow the roof off the place, have a match, and we're all like, holy crap, this is it. This is awesome. And then before you know it, they're back to the beginning match curtain jerking, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and we've talked about it before. It's almost like that example of uh, Enzo and Cass. They come out. Everyone knows their their starting pitch, right? Everyone knows their catchphrase. Everyone says you can't teach that. And then the next thing we know, six months later, they're broken up. Cass is a, a, a failed attempt at a heel turn, and Enzo ends up uh, unfortunately getting in trouble. Ultimately vindicated, but another huge missed opportunity. So for me, it's just an example of Brian. I'm going to steal your term bobbleheads moving the goalposts yet again for AEW. Well, uh, nope, 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 that's the next WWE guy. Nope, nope, can't do that. No, that's not sense. Crap. You can't, you can do that. And it absolutely made sense. I mean, if you go with that persona, mm-hmm. that if you've ever stepped foot in a WWE ring, you can't be anything, then most federations anywhere wouldn't be anything. You know, because that's just, that's stupid. That's just like saying, you know what, that guy played for that NFL team and, well, he's always, that. that's just a, a retreat. No. This is a guy that's on the field playing a game, happens to be wearing a different uniform than he did, but guess what? That person didn't do anything with him. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. You know, you can't say ex-WWE guys and blah, blah, blah. It's... A lot of it is the butthurt people that are pissed because it didn't happen the way they wanted to right? on the WWE main stage. So now they're stuck watching it, having to watch AEW, having to give AEW cred. You know, it's just like sometimes how hard it is for when the E does something good and we're all like, oh, okay, that was good, you know, like. Yeah, the the concept of of having a guy that used to work somewhere else or or a woman work from somewhere else come into the to the to the territory to the promotion is not new. I mean, damn, uh, every time every time it happened on Monday nights, whether it was Nitro or Raw, I don't remember anybody going, "Oh, you can't have Chris Benoit do well. You can't have Eddie Guerrero do well. He's a WCW guy." And the likewise for Bret Hart when he came to WCW. You know what I mean? Like, you can't 
that just doesn't make any sense. And but these are the this is the same argument that these fans would make that they want to see the Attitude Era come back and stuff like that. Well, aren't we getting that? Yeah, I was going to get to that here. Um, so there's a report going out, and it's been confirmed by multiple sources. I don't even know if we... I don't remember who, who broke it first, but basically, WWE is working to go to TV 14. Uh, Raw will be TV 14, not this week, but starting next Monday. Um, we are on the road to SummerSlam, so the night after SummerSlam is... Excuse me, is SummerSlam this weekend or next weekend? Next weekend. So we're on the, the final, the go-home show to SummerSlam, July 25th, is going to be um, the the re-entry or re-debut, whatever, of TV 14 programming for WWE. Now, there's, there's officials that have said they expect fans will be pretty disappointed. It's just WWE being able to open the door, not necessarily going to boldly walk through it. Others are saying that there is a wild atmosphere backstage in a sense of uh, desperation to make something happen. Mm. Desperation. Yeah, I, I didn't. I read the report and saw it and I thought to myself, well, who is the idiot? And hopefully he doesn't get named that goes, yeah, they're desperate. They, they got to make it happen. <laughs> like, like you, you call Sean Ross Sapp and go, uh, yeah, it's really desperate back here. Um, but but don't should, put my name in it, please. <laughs> they should name him. Why not? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a risk. That's that's a that's career suicide. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think switching to fourteen after fighting it for so many years mm-hmm. um, could be a good thing. Because at the end of the day, this is pro wrestling, right? This isn't, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> this shouldn't be rainbows and roses, right? This should be, right. you know, kind of the way AEW does it. Every once in a while, there's blood. There's right. cussing. Right. There's, you know, fireballs and wizards. and <laughs> um, I'm a wizard. Yeah, I'm a wizard. Um, and does it reek of desperation no but it's smart to go back to the 14 format honestly i mean you may bring people in that left you Mm -hmm. may but then again you may not the problem is you had a great group of wrestlers at one time that would have benefited from pg-14 but they're all gone that just because you go PG fourteen, that doesn't mean you're gonna you're not gonna do the same stupid storylines you've been doing for years because you don't have the wrestlers to pull off anything else, and you don't have the creative to do it either. Right? You still haven't shown that you have anything creative wise that's gonna shock the world, so to speak. Um, you know, I'm happy for Liv Morgan because she she worked her ass off to get the opportunity. But tell me, tell me something outside of Cody Rhodes that really surprised you with WWE from WrestleMania to now. Seriously, Cody something that truly surprised you. Why, why would Cody surprise you? You knew he was going. Uh, maybe not you. Maybe not you. But, you know, I'm just saying in general. But I get your point. Um, all right. So let's say, all right, let's say outside of Cody. Because you're right, it was kind of telegraphed. Uh, outside, of, outside of that, let's say post-Mania. Rest, Monday after Mania. Something that surprised surprise. 
Yeah, find a surprise from WWE. Um, Meanwhile, AEW stacks them up like it's freaking Duplo blocks. <laughs> they just keep going. And it's it's not always big surprises. It's just things that we go, wow. So can it be coming? can it be a stupid surprise? Ooh. Uh yeah. Dumb I mean, that, dumb surprise. Yeah. 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 That's that it could uh, be. What did what was Edge's group called? <laughs> the Judgment Day. Okay. There there's your dumbest. I mean, that's the dumbest thing you could have done. Literally. And then you kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So don't get me wrong. I mean, I think you tried with the faction, mm-hmm. although it is, it, I mean, it reminds me that uh, the Monday Night Wars when it was a glaring ripoff of what AEW was doing, right? right? The House of Black <laughs> and the House of Blue, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> but what was dumb about it was you didn't even give it a chance to take off, right? You didn't you you didn't give it a chance to develop, and then next thing you know, Edge is gone. Right? The theory mm-hmm. is well. We need Edge to be a face. Ooh, you know, we need him to do the, you know, be be the face, right? So let's put in Balor, who currently probably gets more cheers than Edge does, mm-hmm. and has a more compelling look. has a has the demon in the background. has the ability to. Uh, you know, to to get the crowd behind him. Yet, no, no. Let's let's make him a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, are they even around? Three weeks. Well, later? I mean, almost as soon as Edge gets dropped out of the group, unfortunately, Rhea Ripley gets an injury. Um, Damian Priest and Finn Balor are left is just the two of them, and uh, they've been feuding with the Mysterios. Ooh. Ah. Now there is a, there is a, that will a, go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's that's gonna sell out tickets everywhere. Um, you know what happens after you do that? What's that? You get a press release hereby released from WWE. <laughs> Due to budget cuts, uh, we regret to inform you, Damian Priest and uh, Finn Balor have been let go. Bummer. Well, something tells me since all the uh, non-disclosure agreements have probably dried up. They probably won't be letting so many people go. Yeah, my gut tells me we're going to see kind of a freeze on that for another six months until everything else blows over. You're probably right. Also, you'll see it blow over. You'll see it stop for a little while because of the fact that, you know, different people are in charge. Well, that that and there's like nobody left. (laughs) There's the same 12 people performing on both Raw and SmackDown right now. It's pretty and, sad, actually. And I don't think it's it's that they're you know that there's new people running the thing. You still have Vince's hands in uh, booking, yeah. and you still and have that's Stephanie. the problem. Yeah, you still mm-hmm. have Stephanie. Now, if they had said Stephanie, you're gone, Vince, you're gone, Triple H, it's your show to run. Mm-hmm. I now have faith in the WWE again. I. Don't have faith with either any of the McMahons. I don't have faith in the fact that, like, all the stuff that came out. Yeah. They said, okay, you cannot. We're going to make you move down from being the, you know, chairman, CEO. You have to step that your step. We're taking you off of that role, but we're going to leave you on creative. I think I said this last week. Like, that's the biggest problem. Like, his biggest problem is the head of creative. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, you would think, though, that after so many things have come to light, you'd be like, look, Vince, you're not even welcome in the building until we get this straight. Yeah. Like, we don't want you around talent. We don't want you around personnel. We don't want you around anybody. You can go home until yep. we tell you to come back. Damn right. And publicly that's what it should have been. Any other publicly traded company be like, bro, take a hike. Go. And don't come back until we say otherwise. And the only reason I don't think anything will happen is because he owns majority shares of the stock. And until... Go ahead. Until it starts, because the only, the only time companies ever listen is when you heard them in the pocketbook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when the story broke, the stock was down 6%. Um, let me just pull it up right now and see where it stands. WWE stock is at $63.29. When this news broke, it was at 61 So stock is actually up versus when the story broke. Um, as long as the stock stays in the 60s, you're probably right, Rob. There's going to be very little to happen. Now, I say that half thinking that we still haven't seen or heard the rest of the story. I think there'll be more coming out. I mean, Wall Street Journal is still investigating it. And here's the here's the other kicker. HBO, Real Sports with Brian Gumble, is actually preparing a piece on this. Um, and they've gotten in touch with some former female talent that are uh, willing to come forward about these NDAs. It's uncomfortable. Sorry. No, Sorry, no, it's okay. That. You're fine. You're fine. It's uncomfortable to think about because, uh, Brian, you remember when this story came out, I was I was disgusted by it. It made me so mad that, that Vince was even on television. Yeah, yeah, I just can't stand the concept that here's a a person that's parading himself around like, yeah, f him, I'm I'm untouchable, I'm bulletproof. And the reality is, I mean, you say what you want about cancel culture and all of that, but these are some pretty damning, con- you know, stories and comments coming out. Somebody, to Rob's point, should be saying, yeah, just get the hell out of here. Don't. Don't be at TV. Don't hold meetings. Just be a ghost for at least eight months until we can do something. Well, has cancel culture even gotten involved in this yet? You know, that's the weird thing. That's no. the weird thing. No. There's no body saying, like, cancel WWE or cancel Vince McMahon. There's none of that. And you would think, think something as obvious like this would be like, uh, yeah, they're all over it. But no. Well, I also think it goes back to... I think one of the reasons cancel culture hasn't touched you yet is because of the fact that they all took buyouts. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, cancer culture gets involved if, some, if someone's been wronged. And granted, they've been wronged. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they all took payoffs. They all took, they all signed NDAs, you know. Yeah, but that's not true because some of the actresses were taking, getting bigger parts and stuff like that when that was going on, and they went mm-hmm. after like wine, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was something that Chris Jericho said on his his podcast was basically that, you know, hey, this isn't the Weinstein level of of story that people are making it out to be, but the reality is, especially with. Uh, 
the, the comments from a, a talent that was released in 2005 stating that they were told they weren't getting re-signed unless they did some uh, favors <laughs> for Vince. Um, you know, that's pretty much exactly what Weinstein did. So, well, I think it, like, like, you know, going off what we said, like, it's going to take the ones from years ago, you know, like they said, they kept finding more people, a couple more people would come up. Couple, you got to tell me you got a man as egotistical as that fool. There's more than 10 people. Right. You know, he didn't just do it. And then the only one he's the only ones he's paid off are the ones that he, that caught that are like, Hey, this ain't, I don't want to do this. And his lawyers like throw money at him, get him, go away. So, I mean, we get, we got the announcement of Ric Flair's last match coming up and that is taking place uh, here in a, at it's in Nashville, Jeff Jarrett and uh, who's his tag team partner. Jay lethal are going to be taking on Ric Flair in Andrade El Idolo. The announcement was made today, but it was uh, furthered in a in an attack. Jeff Jarrett assaults Ric Flair out in the middle of the parking lot. Him and Jay Lethal beat the snot out of Ric Flair. Ric Flair's like 73 years old, by the way. Well, he's been it... training with Jay Lethal for the last three months, four months. Right. So uh, I believe it was David Crockett is out there talking with Flair, and out comes Karen and Jeff Jarrett. They rush Ric Flair, kick him down, and then you can hear Jeff Jarrett saying, telling Crockett to shut up. He says, shut up, Crockett. My dad didn't like working with you anyway. As him and Jay Lethal start putting the boots to Ric Flair. Um, I guess we're getting ready to see Ric Flair on his last. Let's see. This is one. Carry the five. His 12th last match. <laughs> Hey, that's Ric Flair. If he wants to have a hundred last matches, go have a hundred, buddy, and you're gonna like it. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. <laughs> you got gonna like, like it. three last matches too many. You're gonna like it. You're both gonna like it. No, sir. I can't help it if one of them, one of y'all, likes some dude that looks in three different directions and can't get <laughs> no it. and then. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I think that you know it, bringing my fandom of Shawn Michaels into it isn't fair. Okay, we're not talking about HBK. He only had two matches after, or one match after, and a and a fight. I guess technically, no. Ric Flair's had like twelve goodbye matches and eight Rolexes. <laughs> right, right. I I will say this: this card for Ric Flair's last match uh, at Starcast weekend. Um, damn, this is a hell of a card. Let me, let's run this down. In a legacy tag team match, Ricky Morton and Kerry Morton will be taking on Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. So Robert Gibson will be in the corner of the Mortons. Arn Anderson will be in the corner of Brock and Brian Pillman. We got the Impact versus MLW interpromotional match as the Von Ericks take on the Briscoes. Clark Connors takes on Ren Narita. Bandito versus Black Taurus versus Laredo Kid and Ray Phoenix in a fatal four-way, triple-A fatal four-way match. MLW Killer Cross takes on Davey Boy Smith Jr. 
Impact brings the Wolves versus the Motor City Machine Guns. The Impact Knockouts World Title, Triple Threat, Deanna Prazo versus Rachel Ellering versus Jordan Grace. This one's going to be a badass match. For the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, Jacob Fatu versus Josh Alexander. Do not sleep on Josh Alexander. That dude is legit. He is very, very good. Uh, and then, of course, the main event, which is going to be Flair and Andrade versus Jarrett and Lethal. Dude, it's going to be a three-hour event. It's going to be taking place on Fight TV. Um, say what you want about Flair getting back in the ring, but he's about to bring us – I mean – Brian, this is a supercard event, dude. This is what we were talking about way back when with more supercards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have what? Impact, um, AW slash AAA, CML. Um, who am I missing? Um, New Japan. Um, MLW. Mm-hmm. Um, am I missing? Well, you got Major League Wrestling, Impact, AAA, New Japan. Um, technically, you could say AEW with Andrade there. Ring of Honor with Jay Lethal there. I mean, if we're going to get t- technical. Well, well, yeah, I mean, a lot yeah. of different companies. Yeah, for them too, I guess you could get technical. I mean, any wrestler asked would be a fool not to get on something like this. I mean, it's just going to give you press, you know, one way or the other. So is this before or after the – this is after the Briscoes versus FTR too, right? Yeah, that's the crazy thing. The Briscoes have the uh, return match with, with FTR on the 23rd, which is this Saturday. Yeah. Damn, that's this Saturday. Um, so we got this Saturday coming up, and then they've, they're they going to take on um, – Jesus, I just had it in front of me. What the hell? And then they're taking on the Von Eriks the next week. I mean, the, what a great time to be a wrestling fan, man. This is some cool stuff. So I wonder who, though, the announced team will be for the main event. Because if, if it's not Tony – and Crockett, they missed the boat. Uh, my gut says they'll probably pull that off. I would be willing to say that Crockett and uh, Shivani will be be on the mic for that. I can only um, hope. I know they changed the venue for for this event three different times, and now they're at a point where, last I had seen, ticket sales were doing really, really well. Um. But this is going to be July 31st at the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee during the StarCast 5 weekend. You can get it through Fight TV, and apparently there's going to be a few other bundle offers as well. But that could be one of those things where, because I know StarCast used to do, didn't they used to do like $100 or $200 packet where you'd get all of the interviews and all of the wrestling that's included? That's one of those situations where it's more than worth it. And hey, we get to see uh, Ric Flair one more time, you know, get busted open, get busted open and uh, fly off the top rope at 73 years old. That's going to be insane. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. 
No. Well, I was going to invite you two to come watch, but now go find your own. <laughs> We're stuck. Go, go get your own pirated stream. Mm. No. Oh. No. <laughs> oh God, no. I think I think Flair. He's going to go down in history as one of the best uh, best salesmen in professional wrestling, like ever. Him, Ricky Morton, Ricky Steamboat, Michaels. I think you can throw in there. Those are the guys. If you want to learn how to how to sell something, how to make something look just painful or terrific, however you want to word it, those are the guys you look to. Or just big time and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, look for Michaels. <laughs> Which way? <laughs> well, if you look left, you'll see one eye. If you look right, you'll see the other. Mm-mm-mm. Such a disrespect. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, not everybody has a lot of love for the Hulkster. I'm just saying. Uh, let's see here. Our thoughts go out to uh, the the family of the Heenans. Uh, Bobby, he- the late Bobby Heenan's wife Cynthia passed away today, so uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to her, their family. Um, just kind of scrolling through the news here to see what's what. Um, Rob, we talked about the 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 tag team championship match and the cool part of of AEW with uh, Swerve and Keith Lee getting the victory. Did you see that one coming? Did you feel like that one was going to happen or? Were you expecting? I was hoping. Else? I was hoping, and I was excited when I was right. Uh-huh. Wow! Never I'm thought a I'd fan of Keith Lee. Are you okay? Regardless if he has on a unitard or not, I think he's awesome. I think all the stuff stands stands said about him isn't true. Wait, well, I didn't say anything about him. What are you talking? All about? the hate you were throwing at him. I I have never besmirched the name of Keith Lee, sir. Uh, you know, look at your own tape, sir. I think you you were on tape saying how Keith Lee was washed up and. Ooh. <clears throat> what are you What are you even talking about? This is lies, lies and deceit. I said. Oh. Now, today we did get an announcement from AEW Women's Performer AQA, who actually posted on Instagram that she was taking time away from professional wrestling just for her for her health reasons. Uh, she was thanking a lot of people, including all of all of her coaches and all of her trainers, for helping her to get the opportunities that she had had. AQA signed with uh, AEW back in February after she had been released from WWE prior to that. Uh, and she, if you recall, had had some great matchups with Jade Cargill. Um, that, uh, you know, it's unfortunate to see anybody have to step away, but hopefully she's able to come back and uh, be in good health. Yeah. Exactly. So what did she go by in WWE? That's a good question. What did AQA... God help your search browser. Right. 
Angela Clintina Arnold went by, she was from Booker T's ring of ring of reality of wrestling. Excuse me. I kept wanting to say ring of honor. Uh, let's see here. She went by Zeta Ramier. Yeah. I like AQA a lot better. <laughs> what the heck Zeta? Who comes up with these names? Do they just have like some random generator? They sit at a, at a computer and go, all right, we need a name for this kid. Click a button. Alpha Omega. Great. There's your name. Alpha Omega. Welcome to the, welcome to the team. Uh-huh. Jesus. Dumbass names. Come on. Have you heard of, have you read, have you listened to some of the NXT names lately? Well, there's Braun Breakaker. Thank you to uh, Alex Pulaski for that one. That's probably the best of all of them. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty wild ones. I, I don't know where they get some of these, uh, but they're this is pimple popper. <laughs> I guess they're trying. But it's just what I mean. If they're gonna go cartoonish character names, then might as well just bring it all back. You know. It's just, I don't like it. So, keeping with uh, keeping with the AEW timeline here, TNT title match as Wardlow defends against Orange Cassidy. Uh, Brian, where were you on this match? What did you think of Wardlow and Orange Cassidy, man? Uh, what? No, I'm just what did kidding. You- <laughs> I was like, Wait, I, I gotta yeah. again? Okay. <laughs> again, you know, it's kind of one of these ones where it's not really in question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thought the match was entertaining. Um, you know, the problem with Wardlow is you kind of, you know, you kind of really painted him into a picture for some opponents. Now, again, you talk about a shock if Orange Cassidy pulled that one off. Uh, that would have been, like, quite a shock. So, something that was that was really fun for that match is at the beginning, Trent and Chuck come out. They, they're, they're ready to help their friend. They're going to help Orange Cassidy, so they go out looking for all the weapons they can find. Trent takes the pad off the back of the turnbuckle, uh, and Chuck comes and finds a, a chainsaw. Obviously, the referee's not going to let this Charlie? happen. No, not Chainsaw Charlie. No, I think he was busy. He, he wasn't booked. Um, <laughs> they find a chainsaw. The referee ejects uh, Chuck and, and Trent. So Wardlow gets out of the ring, and uh, wait a minute. He smells something funny, and he reaches under the ring, and there's Danhausen. Danhausen fakes like he's going like to curse Wardlow, and he changes his mind. He says, you know what? You're okay. <laughs> and he walks away. And Wardlow just pats him on the back like, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. So here we are. We get all the fun out of the way. And then it's mock speed for Orange Cassidy again, which was just insane. I don't know how he runs that fast all match long. He is just that good. And he sells well. That's the other part. I mean, yeah, you can say what you want about the, the pockets and all of that. And there's going to be people that just don't like it and people that love it. But what was really cool was just watching him transition from comedy 
to serious to just running at a pace that you would have never expected. Although at this rate, I guess you kind of should. With Orange Cassidy? Yeah. Yeah, you should uh, You should expect that with him. Got to be one of the faster guys on the roster. Yeah. I mean, he just he operates at just such a different level. I love that they mix the the comedy, you know, the making everybody everybody laugh, making everybody feel good for the minute, and then, like, you buy in immediately. This guy mm-hmm. should never win, you think. And then next thing you know, you're like, holy crap, he's going to. He's going to pull this off. It was, it, it just had that kind of a feel to it. But AEW does that so well. They know how to do that presentation. Wait, you thought you, you actually thought Orange might pull it off? I thought for a second he might. And wow. then, you know, he got F10 and then he got Powerbomb symphonied. And it was kind of it. Hmm. But Good. for a minute, for mm-hmm. a minute, you know, mm-hmm. for a, minute, a good you strong into 30 seconds. Gotcha. I, I I would like to take this opportunity since you're talking about Warlow to uh, just rub it in y'all's faces that uh, in the latest uh, AEW crate, uh, it's a nice little autograph picture of Warlow. Hey hey, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So there you go, suck it. Oh, I said it. Wow, it. that's not very nice. But I'll tell you what is nice, Brian. Can I tell What's you that? what is nice? Our brand new sponsor, Dubby Energy Drinks. No, this no, you is said really it too cool. fast. Dubby, D-U-B-B-Y. There you go. W.G.G. Head to W.G.G. and get yourself some Galaxy Grenade energy drink mix. It's watermelon, guava, and lime. Get yourself an opportunity. Go to their website. Type in the QR code. Whoa. Holy crap. What the hell? What the hell? What was that? Here I am doing an ad read, and he's killing me. <laughs> Head to w.gg. Put the coupon code of C2C Radio. Get yourself 10% off right now for some Dubby Energy drinks. We'll get better as we go along, I promise, but it's pretty exciting. Brand new sponsor. I'll do it again. You did so well. Oh, trust me. Trust me. It'll happen again. That's W.GG, coupon code C2C Radio for 10% off. W.what? www.dubby.gg. ABC7. Join the room. Quick shout out to our uh, listeners in the chat. Just... Just to bore or die. I don't. I'm not gonna lie, man. Your your screen name's a little tough to read, but thanks for joining us, ABC Seven Show. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to join the conversation. Dynamite this past week was great. Raw's going on right now. If, there, if there's news that you want to talk about, Ric Flair's last match, bring it up. Throw your comments in the chat. We'll be happy to read it on the air and go uh, go off, so to speak. Keep it with AEW Dynamite. Interim world title eliminator, Mox and Takeshita. Great matchup with these guys. Uh, when is that When is that guy not in a great match? Takeshita. I don't know that there's a time. He has yet to have a bad match. If this guy isn't already, quote-unquote, all elite, then there's a huge, huge mistake being made. 
Yeah. That, uh, he's going to be like, I give him a little bit longer, a little bit more exposure. God, he's going to be so over. Like he worldwide. Has, yeah. He very much like uh, Wheeler Yuta. Um, in the right opportunity, this guy is going to explode. Um, and it's, it's just a matter of time. I mean, he's had great matches with everybody he's been in the ring with. Um, and honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about the eliminator matchups, like the contender matchups. Why not just, just call it non-title? Why does it have to be eliminator? It's just what they do. Uh, you know, don't you get tired of just seeing non-title matches when somebody holds a title? Doesn't defend it. But if he's an eliminator match, he's still not defending it. So it just Maybe. means that if he doesn't win his match, he doesn't get a title shot. Isn't that what a non-title match is? No. So if, if which one are you talking about? The champ in a non-title uh, The champ in an eliminator match? Yes. Okay. So if you beat the champ in an eliminator match, then you get a shot at the title. Correct. Right. If you beat the champ in a non-title match, it doesn't mean you're going to get a technically get another um, shot at that title. That just means you beat the champ. <laughs> but if it's a not, you know, an eliminator match where if you beat them, then you get the world, then you get a title shot. That's different. Mm-hmm. Rob, Rob, what do you think? Eliminator, non-title. Is it, is it, does it matter? I mean, I, I'm on both sides of it. I mean, so many non-titled and I feel like people will just stop caring, you know, because there's that allure. It's kind of like when you see the champ show up, you're like, oh, he ain't going to lose today. But um, I agree with you all, though, that anytime they have a match, it's going to be great. Takeshita hasn't let us down one time, and this time we got to see Sprung a, a leak the- this week, though. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to see a little bit of the grit, how he performs when he's busted open. Um, and Moxley's running at a different level right now. You know, if there was ever any any doubt as to whether or not he could he could carry the ball, he's proved it time and time again. He's, he just continues to be a standout. Unless he gets hit by a phantom elbow. Yeah. <laughs> You know, those random headbutts and sling blades and all those things that might uh, bust you open. You never know, man. You got to be careful. It's it's not ballet, Brian. <laughs> hey, Kanosaurus. Kanosaurus had a match against Griff Garrison. Damn, I thought that joke would land a little better. Oh, well. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it sounded as dumb in your head as it did on air. Yeah, Ouch. You should leave the comedy to the other two. Ouch. You are definitely the ones and twos. No. Wait, wait. What? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not right. Yeah, that's not right either. Huh? <laughs> You're the straight man. <laughs> oh, okay. I should just be the guy that says yes and no, and you guys should make the jokes. Got it. Got no, it. no, no. He's not, he's not saying that. He's just saying that you're not funny. You're the one that's supposed to ask us questions, but not in question form. 
and you guys are just supposed to make the awkward silences. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, You're wait, supposed to be wait, the wait, one wait. that says, hey, Brian. And that's normally how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The sad thing is, you you got me with that because I'm like, wait, what? Did he just get cut off? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I hate you guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, hey, Rob. Uh, so, uh, like, uh, is Steiner math really work? And like, we haven't. <laughs> you're not even thinking about Steiner math, and now you got like Steiner <laughs> philosophy being thrown at you, and you're like, well, thirty three percent of the time that. Steiner philosophy <laughs> says Steiner math works, but then the, the other 125% of the time says, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you can't do that. You just put Steiner math in the show, and now my brain is melted. Thanks. Uh, that's Thanks. Right. So I, I, or he I, says stuff like, hey, Brian, I watched Raw the other night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of it? What? You guys are assholes. <laughs> hey Rob, I know you. I know you don't watch Impact, but on a whim, I just watched it last night. Uh, I know you didn't watch it, but uh, you know what do you think of the third match? <laughs> do you think this guy is as good as he says he is, Rob? What do you think about the you know the new way they're packaging the title? I don't give a fuck. Oh, let's see here. So. I was I was getting to the to Luchasaurus's squash of Griff Garrison. What I really loved about this segment was Tony, not Tony Schiavone, damn it, looking ahead. Christian telling Luchasaurus, hey, doesn't Griff Garrison look like Jungle Boy? And that was what set off the entire squash. <laughs> and down he comes to the ring, beats the piss out of him, and then <laughs> Brian Pillman Jr. has the unfortunate job of laying on the table, the AEW tables, which are forever cursed and never able to be broken very easily as he has to take two choke slams before finally the table breaks. But he did good. He did the good Hogan era, like convulsing. I don't think he had a choice. I think that was actually, <laughs> you know, you're either going to convulse or I'm just going to keep doing the choke slam. <laughs> Listen, I will say, too, in all honesty, when Christian said, hey, doesn't he look like Jungle Boy? I was like, wait a second. He does kind of look like Jungle Boy. Get him. The best part of that is if you've, if, much like us, if you watch BTE, back when, you know, may he rest in peace, Brody Lee was was harping on his recruiters to get more people into the Dark Order. They actually said that they got Jungle Boy. Yeah, it was Griff. And that was how he got introduced to Griff Garrison. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, literally, do you think they've waited, like, uh, two years or however long it's been just to get that bit on TV? I'll tell you what. If any company would be be able to stick with that kind of long-term storytelling. It's AEW. Look at what they're doing right now with the Jacksons and Adam Page, with the Bucks and Adam Page. Um, you know, two years ago, we were in the middle of the pandemic. There was nobody in the crowd. It was Stadium Stampede. And that was the last we saw of the Bucks and Adam Page on the same side. Every mm -hmm. BTE after that, at least for about three months. 
this text exchange where they're trying to talk themselves into apologizing to one another and then suddenly it stops. We never know what happened to that phone. We never find out who <clears throat> stopped it from going any further. And here we are. Now it's two years later. The end of this week's BTE. The Bucks lose the tag titles, and there's Adam Page watching from afar, walking away just as they get in eyesight. I mean, come on. Two years worth of story there. That's amazing. It's my new favorite word. It's word of the day is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I mean, I don't think it's amazing, right? I think it's just a lost art that you haven't seen since the 80s. Definitely. So, I, you know, it's what uh, other companies should have been doing all along. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then they shorten everybody's attention span up for uh-huh. 20, 20 minutes worth of wrestling in a three-hour show. One of the biggest mistakes WWE ever did was was moving away from that. Sure. You have that big of a roster, and you can't utilize your storytelling that you used to know how to do. It's funny. We were talking about it um, with Diego today in the UCW chat, and he mentions the, the, the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan build. Mm-hmm. That was about a year-long build. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it came off so flawlessly. You had fans that were fans of the Warrior, fans that were fans of Hogan, and you didn't force them. You just let them decide on their own. Mm-hmm. Well, now at, we get... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, look at uh, what they... For Macho and Hogan. Oh, yeah. The Mega Powers. Yeah. So, the face turn of Macho Man Randy Savage was amazing. In mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ow. I just, I mean, what was that? <laughs> a big old mic pop right there. Boom. <laughs> you know, if, uh-huh. if, if you recall, Pat Patterson was one of the most creative people um, with WWE when it came to finishes and character creation and stuff like that. I guess that that's where a lot of that went. You know, when he passed, unfortunately, and no longer worked there, then that was it. No, I, I mean, I just think that after they won, they got lazy. 
Mm-hmm. After WWE dethroned WCW, right? Bought them out. WCW. I think they got lazy. Like, straight lazy. Like, ah, we don't have to do nothing but, you know, uh, phone it in. Yeah. Well, they never had competition, so they're like, oh, we never will. Ha, ha, ha. Right. They will believe whatever we tell them. Well, and those that those that tried to compete, you know, fell woefully short. I mean, look what TNA did. For years, they were great. And then they just kind of fell off. You had Hogan and Bischoff come in, and everything kind of falls apart. They're only now really reclaiming a lot of that steam. I, I say well, only now, but what we, we should probably clarify within the past couple of years, they're really, really regaining that steam. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they attempted, you know, I think when you go toe-to-toe at that point with Vince McMahon and the WWE, mm-hmm. you know, that's where they went wrong. If they would have just concentrated on putting on programming and doing good programming, then the wrestling would have taken care of itself. That's the same thing with AEW. AEW didn't necessarily – they had some shot across the bow, you know. Mm-hmm. But they went ahead and said, all right, we're just going to put out good programming. And they did. And what happened is people slowly but surely turned, you know, turned from the WWE watching that all the time, and it started showing the gaping holes that were in it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what other companies failed to do. Like, I mean, the global force pyramid scheme you know that just never got off the ground um what's some gold bars you know gold bars and timeshares um <laughs> but too bad I, the timeshares were dean's house um <laughs> but the the other companies that you speak of so tna impact roh mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that lasted for a very long time they didn't falter because of wrestling or storytelling they falter because the people at the very top who had control of what, how much advertising money or what channel to put them on, or should we run program, you know, should we travel? Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. I mean, that, that's what, that's what faltered them. It had mm-hmm. nothing to do with storytelling or wrestling. Now there might've been after a while for impact. But ROH, if they had had a decent TV deal mm-hmm. and had and traveled, would still be alive today, and you wouldn't you wouldn't have had the need for AEW. Well, one of the things that Sinclair's broadcasting group didn't do was capitalize on the hype they had for so long. You had the talent, you had the matches, you had the stories, you just didn't have the distribution. And yeah. if you own a broadcasting group. You control when it airs. Yes. That that always floored me. I'll lay you money. If you take the period in impact, TNA, Mm -hmm. whatever it was back then, when you had Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, that whole group, right? And you could stack that group up against any other roster from any other time, Mm -hmm. and you could make an argument that that's the best roster ever.
I feel like with with Ring of Honor, you had Nigel McGuinness, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, Tyler Black, at one point CM Punk, all of these people that were in and doing these things. Um, that's a serious argument for truly one of the best rosters like ever. No, I'd, I'd say the impact, though. Oh, AJ okay. Styles, sorry, sorry. Samoa Joe, Daniels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's very true, especially back in the earlier parts. I mean, with America's Most Wanted, Triple X. Um, damn, there's so many. Uh, Team damn Canada. Good talent. Yeah. And that's before Eric Young really even turned into the star that he is now. I mean, that's an early, early Eric Young. And he was the, great then, too. The women were better talent. I yeah. would stack that women's roster against any of them, anytime, and I dare say that's probably the best. Well, I mean, and look at them now. Jordan Grace is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now, and she is shining. Like she is doing really well for herself. Unless she makes foolish comments, but that was well, last yeah, week. yeah, we, that was last week. That was last. That's week. right. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have we don't have memory for that. Yeah. Now we bask in her glory. Hi, my name's Tom. (laughs) Assholes. Uh, (laughs) The next match was uh, Jake Hager and Claudio Castagnoli. Um, Hey, Stan. Yes. Did you know the other day I watched TV? Hey, that's great. What'd you watch? I was just wanting you to ask me. I was just wanting you to comment. Oh, well, it's good that you're watching TV, Rob. I'm, I'm glad that you had something to do, sir. Hey, I was just trying to pull a stand through that, you know, technical questioning. Ooh. But that was well, a statement, though. Aren't, aren't half his question statements? <laughs> oh, that's what that means. Oh, now I get what you guys are saying. No, doesn't you don't. Mean I, won't keep doing it. I was going to say, it doesn't mean I won't keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we call you 10 Second Top. Hi, I'm Tom. So, Claudio, Jake Hager. Six um, seconds, Dan. There we go. <laughs> what did you... We'll start with you, Rob. What you think That's what his Claudio wife calls him. <laughs> oh, see, why, why are you going to pick that up? That's not nice. That's not, that's not pleasant. <laughs> I thought she called him Millimeter Peter. Mm-mm. Oh, no, we're, we're going too far. Jeez. She called too him the far. two pumper. Damn. (laughs) Sorry, kid. (laughs) Was it good for you? No. Well, next time I'll try to be in the room. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep up. I can't do it. (laughs) So were you guys that unimpressed by the matchup that you just decided to take it back to, to insulting me? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, yeah. I we hadn't had a good issue of stand slam in a while, so we had to go. That's fair. It's been a long time. I'm not a fan of Hager in AEW. He just it, it it's it's not the same. Mm-hmm. What do you think could be done to kind of bring him out of where he is? Because I, I agree with you. It's 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 kind of boring watching him perform. And I hate saying that because he's very good. But I, I agree. I, I just don't think he's getting... We're getting what we should be getting out of him. 
Well, I think the the first thing you need to do is get them in the ring. Mm-hmm. More often than once or twice a year. It's weird that it's only been... I saw the number yesterday after we went off the air. Five matches up until his match with Claudio. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not vested in him anymore. Mm-hmm. So... I think the fact that they keep him with Jericho and they just keep going back to it and back to it and back to it. It's like, come on, man, just let the guy work. That's to say if he's even wanting to work, maybe he's got that kind of deal where he just works whenever, whenever he wants. I don't know. Either way, Claudio comes out the victor. Looks good in the victory. Hard fought, you know, two, two hosses fighting it out, I guess. Uh, his new finisher is the Ricola bomb. Really isn't new. It's what he used to do before he was in WWE. Ricola. Um, funny you say that. The fans, when he did it, actually did that in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'll take off, but I, I could swear I hear I heard fans do that <laughs> when he set up for the power bomb. Yeah, I'm sure it'll take off. Knowing that crowd. They do love to do stuff like that. Yeah, that they do. So we go from that to uh, something that I think, to me, seems a little soon. Hook gets the interview with Lexi Nair. Who that is, I don't know, by the way. Uh, She's their backstage interviewer. That's all I know. Uh, Anyway, gets an interview where he doesn't say anything, but she says you got to be getting a title shot soon since you're undefeated. Which begs the question, guys, is it too is it too soon for Hook to get a title shot? So don't you have like a TV title? You got the TNT title, you got the FTW title, you got the All Atlantic title. Yeah. The FTT FTW title doesn't count though. Uh actually doesn't it? It's not a AEW recognized title. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a stupid match that if they won, it would be recognized. There wasn't. There wasn't. Not that yet, anyway. Because <clears throat> hasn't he defended it? He has. He's defended it against uh, Brian Cage and Lance Archer. He did a street fight against Brian Cage. He defended against Lance Archer in an Anything Goes match. Um, trying to think if there's been another title defense somewhere in there. I'm sure there has been. I know there was a triple threat that he defended in. Um, hmm. Let me look that up, actually. Here we go. FTW title history. Hmm. He's held it for 124 days. Previous to that, Brian Cage held it for 377. Damn. But I thought there was a a match, though. If somebody won, it would become recognized or something. Not as of yet. 
maybe Taz was able to finagle it so that that was what was going to happen. But everything I'm looking up doesn't say anything else about it, except that, except that it was uh, reintroduced on July 8th of 2020. It was awarded to Brian Cage, and that was it. That was it. That's all. That's all, folks. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Good night. Just seems like it's pretty soon for Hook. I mean, he's had, what, 12 matches in 12, maybe 13? So, we talked uh... about it before as far as... You know, he's going to be a big star. I think he's definitely well on his way. Is is now the time? Would be the question. Is is now the time to what? Have a title match that he's probably not going to win? So you would say that his first loss comes in a title match? Why not? You mm-hmm. want a surprise, right? Yep. And that would definitely be one. Or... Since he's kind of a good guy now and not really with his father's group, hmm, you can maybe have him wrestle for the FTW title and have him beat Ricky Starks. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, yep, he's I over. He's over, right? Yes, he is. Definitely. So you're just kind of wasting momentum if you don't uh, at least take a shot. Kind of like Wardlow. I think Wardlow might have run a little too long before mm-hmm. he got his shot. That damn sure was a long time before he finally got the shot. Yes. Mm-hmm. So with Hook, what's his what is his uh path, you think? He goes to the FDW title, maybe holds it like Taz did for over a year. And then when you least expect it, challenges for something else? Or is he just use it as trajectory and just six months down the road challenges for another one? I don't know why the guy just can't have a title shot. Well, I wonder if they're going to keep him undefeated for a good length of time. You know, with with what you have with him, you've got like this uh, kind of a Goldberg-esque approach where you could literally just have him be undefeated as long as you want. And oh. and by your by your description, if he wins the FTW title, I mean, you'll lose nothing <clears throat> by having Ricky Starks lose it. In fact, it might actually help Ricky Starks. You don't need to help Ricky Starks. He's a superstar on his own. Well, if you free him up from that title, maybe he can focus. they can focus him more to something else. It would have been kind of cool to see him and Powerhouse Hobbs win the titles. Mm-mm, too late. No take backsies. <laughs> what did you, speaking of that, what did you think about the Spinebuster party from Hobbs? I mean, it's my man Hobbs. Dude, Spinebuster after Spinebuster, just picking up everybody. And Keith Lee's just laying there, taking every single one of them, landing on top of them. That, that's just. It looked great on TV. I was so surprised that Excalibur didn't call it a spinebuster party. I would have. I so I so would have done that. Missed opportunity. Damn it, Excalibur. Yeah, you know, again, anything Hobbs does 
Anytime he's on TV, I watch Hobbs. Right? Because I really, like, I don't know why, but since first time on Dark or whatever it was, I'm like, that guy's that guy's going to be mega one day. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, so nothing surprised me. I'm glad that uh, they give him spots like that, right? Well, you've been solidly behind him since the beginning, just like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. When you first saw him on Dynamite, I think he well, didn't he help Cody. No, well, no, he was on Dark first, and um, yeah, he was on. I think he was on Dark first. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, then he teamed with uh, Mox. That's what it was. Yeah, so he, I think he was like two two episodes on Dark or something like mm-hmm. that before he made TV. Right, maybe a little bit more, but I mean, like I was like. Uh, we need to get this guy booked. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we weren't running shows at the time, but yeah, we need to figure out how to get him to Virginia. This guy's oh, going to yeah. be a star. Yeah. <coughs> you know. And, and he blew up fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I do like the pairing of Ricky Starks. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they may be one of my, uh, Top five tag teams right now, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was why it was just so so intriguing, and that that's why it really blew me away. That you know, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are a great team, also, but you really didn't know what direction it was going to go. At first, I'm just like, yeah, the Bucks are coming away with this, like I said at the top of the show. But once once things continued to move forward, it was really like, wow, they. I really don't know what direction they're going here. This could do. This could go anywhere. Yeah, we know you fell for it. I did. I Sucker. did. They, they got me, man. They they <laughs> sold me the ticket. I'm like, yes. Are you? I'm buying. Have, have you become that jaded though? I'm not jaded, but that. Uh... I say, isn't jaded negative? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Everyone is jaded. Like, have your senses been so dulled? to this to pro wrestling that 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 like you need a surprise like that to get you excited i think i liked it when you said jaded that was it. <laughs> 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 um, that just you know, felt awkward I, I feel like with with all of the years and years of short attention span tv um that the art of providing intrigue and suspense and what we see is is just a lost art. It's just that. It's a lost art. And yeah, maybe I have become to that to that point where man, I just want to see something that I didn't expect. Cuz you can remember times where we could literally sit down and say, "All right, this is what's going to happen on Raw. This is what's going to happen on Nitro." And it would happen. Like you like we wrote it almost. Like they actually read our work and stole it from us. That never happened. Wait, no it did. A lot. But that's what I'm saying. Like we had, we we would call title changes. We would call heel turns. We all of it, and and it was just so easily predictable that yeah, it got boring. So yeah, I love it when I'm like, damn, I didn't see that coming. That's that's like the the parts that I love the best. Although, honestly, even if I know who's gonna win, if it's a solid wrestling match, if it's a really really good match, I love that just as much. Like, I don't think any of us thought that Takeshita was going to beat Mox. 
But that match mm. between Mox and Takeshita was just awesome. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe you're almost to the point where I've gotten to. Like, you know, you got fed up with the WWE. You flipped over to the AEW. Now you're like all on board. Mm-hmm. You know, you're riding the train. And through AEW, you just you just learn to watch and enjoy a match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any problem admitting that. Yeah. Because if you really think about it, um, there, there's not a lot of uh, mastery to what happens in WWE at the time. It's so clunky and cookie cutter that you, you just say, eh, nah. Like right now, you got Rollins and uh, Ezekiel, which Ezekiel is an interesting take on the whole Elias thing. But in about a month or two, we're going to be probably reintroduced to Elias and it'll be the end of Ezekiel. Before we really got to know him, he's gone kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But see, that's why I like their pay-per-views now. The last few pay-per-views have been just straight wrestling. Not a lot of, you know, storytelling. Not a lot of yeah. talking. Not a lot of interviewing. Right. And I can, well, I can, I can like watch their pay-per-views with that format. I'll say this: Hell in a Cell was a damn good pay, uh, premium live event pay-per-view. That one was good. Money in the Bank. Uh, yeah, I mean, outside of uh, theory, I thought Money in the Bank was a pretty good event. I think what irritates me more is just the fact that it that it does become so. Yeah, this is what's happening. We already knew that. <clears throat> but the yeah, the, to see the to see the good matches, to see like even with uh, I use the example of Takeshita and Mox, just knowing, yeah, come on, Mox isn't going to lose this. All right, fine. But we're going to see a damn good outing from both guys, and that's exactly what we saw. Um, same can be said for even though I don't think anybody really expected Orange Cassidy to win. I mean, I did for about 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Wardlow was, was fun. You know, it wasn't necessarily some kind of technical mastery or genius or something, but it was fun. I guess it, it's finding that, finding that fun moment, that fun time to just enjoy something. Maybe jaded was the right word, Brian. Maybe you actually described it right before you. Before we just didn't look at it. I don't know. You're you're, you're transcending space and time right now. Oh. Yeah. Where's the sound effects? Where's the sound effects? We don't have one for that, so don't worry. <laughs> and you had your moment. So now, now, you, now the the bobbleheadedness of WWE has almost been. Beat out of you. It's been purged. Almost. Almost. No, all they got to do is have put a Heartbreak Kid special on the network, and he's back into it. Yeah, but that's okay, though, because that's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should be able to watch retrospectives of some, you know, guy that looks in three different directions career. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, better that than a guy that gets busted open by a stiff wind. Oh, you you talking about the greatest wrestler of all time? No, that's what you were talking about when you tried to make fun of his eyesight. You know, some guy that Michaels can't even lace up his boots. Didn't Michaels retire him the first time? Oh, sure. In (laughs) WWE, Bill. 
No, it wasn't even the first time. That's the sad thing. Folk retired him once. And then Michael's got to. Oh, Brian, Dan, you got to remember. When, when did Funk retire him, by the way? Didn't Funk retire him? No, no, no. no. I'm sorry. Not Funk. Not Funk. Hogan. Hogan retired him first. In WCW. No, he didn't. He beat him in a career match. Then how come, Ho- then how come Flair was on the last Nitro? Mm. Because Flair kept coming back. Mmm. <clears throat> What are you going to do now? Tell me it's a work? It's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's still real to me, damn it. (laughs) I did watch a a throwback. When's the last time you guys watched Wrestling with Shadows? Wrestling with Shadows? The Bret Hart documentary. When I watched it with you all a couple years ago, about 15 years ago. Yeah, that might be probably been that long for me, too. I watched it, and, uh, you know, I think... Ran out of stuff to watch on eBay, huh? What's that? Ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix, huh? Yeah, you know, finally had to find something else. Um, But I watched it, and I think it was Brian that, that mentioned it, that the whole time it's going on, you just get this feeling like, yeah, this is all pretty convenient. <laughs> this is an awful lot of uh, coincidences happening all at the same time. But when I what I what I love the most out of the whole thing is the the Stu Hart in the dungeon at like I don't know he's in his seventies making these these trainees scream out in pain, and then our favorite line: "See your lips are turning blue." Nice little throwback documentary. There's your ra- there's your random. Hey, guess what I watched, guys? And you can tell we're enthused. Oh, yeah, let me guess. Fired you up. Wrestling with egos. Huh? You watched Wrestling with Egos. Wrestling has egos? I don't know. I'm still trying to find where Hogan beat Flair in a career uh, match. Let's see in here. Stan's Hogan. mind. <laughs> Hold on, I'll find it for you. That's because Stan was a Hogan kid in the '80s. And you think he dreamed it? Might have read in some like um, fantasy oh booking, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It's like that IW, that IGP or IWP mail off thing. Halloween Havoc, 1994, in a steel cage, title versus career. Hogan defeats Flair. So Flair didn't wrestle none for WCW after 94. No, if you recall, he actually does. And Hogan is the one that gets him reinstated. So okay. so that's storyline then. Well, yeah, isn't it all storyline? No, so that one doesn't count. Because I bet you oh. if you go back and look, I bet you if you go back and look, there's been a lot of those throughout <laughs> the years. You know, that's there. actually an interesting question. I, I would love to see how many of those quote-unquote retirement matches or career matches there's actually been. Wow. So didn't Savage have one? Yes. Savage lost one to the Warrior. You know, Terry Funk had 15 of them. Funk's still coming out of retirement, isn't he? 
Yeah, but again, though, you can't use a storyline one for somebody's actual retirement. Well, I mean, Flair's was a storyline. Not when the, he not when he ultimately the, wrestled against uh, Michaels. No, that was that was a straight retirement that he just got suckered into coming back because they kept throwing money at him. Well, I mean, he throws even. Cash. He even admits in his book that that should have been the it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Hogan called him for some European deal, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll make six figures and do nothing." <laughs> it gets tough to turn that kind of money down. I'm sure. Hey, here's a hundred no. grand. Come on out. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, when you're uh, you're in trouble with the IRS or whatever. Yeah, you kind of need the money. Mm. Okay, yeah. I'll go. Well, when your ex-wife decides to take all your stuff, that'll also do it. But yeah, you can't count a retirement match where the guy that retired him brings him back short. You know, a few <laughs> months later. I'm going to bring you out of retirement, brother. <laughs> That's like those old hair versus career matches. Hmm, who's going to lose? You know, who's going to win this? Obviously, the guy who can lose his hair, you know, not lose his hair. There needs to be a study. How many career matches have there been in pro wrestling? No, how many career matches that stuck have there been? Huh. And most of them only stick until the egos get involved. That's true. So I guess you'd have to start with how many career matches have happened and then how many actually stuck. You have to <laughs> drill, it, drill it down like that. Yeah, but I, I don't even know if... Uh, I don't even know if you can get... Um, I don't know if you could even get that get that answer. Uh, and hey, let me ask you something. That up. Go for let it. Let me ask you something. So... If we're talking about Ric Flair coming out of retirement, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what what's the name of that that the the overseas pay per view? Uh, the one that got canceled recently. W E S Wrestling Entertainment. No, 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 something. No, no, the one the WWE puts on in the in the in the Middle East. What's that one called? Oh, oh, uh, shoot, what is it called? Um, Super Showdown or Crown no, no. Jewel? Crown Hush Money. Jewel. Yeah, yeah. Man, anybody remember that that tag team match? Uh, I'm trying to block it out of my mind. Hmm. (laughs) I'm trying to try not. Wow. Wow. Just anybody will come out of retirement, right? Maybe he needed cataract surgery. (laughs) Got coma. (laughs) Hair plants, hair plugs. Yeah, and it's not like he came out of retirement for a good match. No, he was. That whole thing was snake bit from the beginning. You remember the promos leading up to it? You're like, this is gonna suck. Oh no, and no, because I I was not watching during that period of time. Well, I I remember it. The promos leading up were horrible, and then like you know, Undertaker seems like he's half in, half not. Kane's like, yeah, whatever. I got the mask on. Triple H is. Out of that whole group, Triple H is the most intense out of them. Michaels is just like, yep, I'm here to throw kicks. <laughs> Triple H gets to the match, tears his pec. He does the whole bruising bit, just like uh, what we have seen more recently with Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, Michaels, I think, got the wind knocked out of him in the middle of the match. 
Undertaker hurt his ankle during the match. I mean, the whole thing is snake bit. That whole event was because that's the same event where uh, Goldberg beat the Fiend. Yeah, listen, you can't you can't talk around the the subject at hand. I think I just did really well. I mean, actually. your your guy came out <laughs> of retirement, right, to have one more match. Hey, his his partner one, and his dance partners one, let him down. That's not his fault. One one more. Hey, but you said yourself that he was winded from the start. He got yeah, he got dropped on. Uh, I think it was a body slam. It knocked the wind out of him. Rob, would you classify taking my ball and going home as as retirement or quitting? Yeah. No. No. No, you can't. Well, actually, you can. And then, then there's the uh, the back surgery. Hmm. Sorry, man. I'm not trying. You know. So no, how many no, retirement no. matches? How many goodbye retirement matches did old Shawn Michaels have? Crown jewel. The hey, I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. Oh, wait a minute. I'm coming back. Hey, I'm back. I'm a born or green Christian. I'm not going to go. I'm not. I'm not coming back. Oh, wait a minute. I'm back. <laughs> mm, I forgot about those. Oh, look. DX is coming back. Good what? I'm back. Yeah, I'm, yeah. you're right. You're right. Because he, he was, after the back surgery, he was kind of out of it for quite a while, right? You know. Don't forget call, the time bro. that he was a, a fry cook at so, Titan Tower. <laughs> I'm going to give you a high five for that one, Rob. Yeah. Take that junk somewhere else, man. Boo. Boo. Boo, I say. Who else has had retirement matches that didn't stick? Oh, geez. I'm sure there's um, been a boatload of them, especially in the 70s and 80s. Well, didn't they used to treat those like Loser Leave Towns match? No, they were different. They were actually they were Loser Leave Town okay. matches. Well, The Undertaker the had a retirement match every year at WrestleMania. <laughs> at least after 30, yeah. So, yeah, so they were they were actual Loser Leave Town matches. And then they would come back about eight months later after they ran the, ran the big circuit. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me looking up retirement matches. This will be a never-ending rabbit hole, by the way. <laughs> go, on, go on, climb down it. Oh, my Lord. Whew. Yeah, this is going to take some time because right now when I Google it, it's all about Ric Flair's, Ric Flair's last match. Oh, here's a one. Here's one. Santa Claus, Bigfoot, and wrestling retirements. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> I'm, I'm gonna have to read this. This is a pretty extensive article. Cool. Well, just I'll see if they list out. any retirement matches. Well, that's what I'm looking for. But there, yeah. it's it's like a roundtable discussion. It looks like. Um. Well, God, even Steve Austin, I guess, came out of retirement for one last match. Er- well, there you go. Going to flap your gums now. <laughs> the Rock. Did The Rock come out or did he officially retire? He never got his retirement match. He never retired. He just leaves and comes back. Hmm. Kurt Angle? You never Kurt Angle's, last, Kurt Angle's last match was Corbin. Oh, and Corbin retired him. Yeah. Yeah. There's something sad about that, by the way. The Bastion Booger never had a retirement match. I think he should come back. Yeah, damn it. That's it. Bastion Booger. Actually, sadly, I think he's actually passed. 
Don't you feel bad, man. <laughs> if it wasn't for he, he, he never got his due thanks to you. Norman the lunatic. Muck and Singh. Yeah, Muck and Singh. Friar, the Friar Ferguson, the Mad Monk, <laughs> and of course, Bastion Booger. He was great as Norman the Lunatic. What was he? What? Uh, where did he come from before WCW? Oh, and was he Canada? USWA? He was Stampede. Oh, was he Stampede? Well, he was Stampede. He was in WCW. Then he went to Global, where he wrestled as Makan Singh. He was part of the cartel with Cactus Jack, Rip Rogers, and Scott Anthony. Then he went to Mexico. Then he went back to the Indies after his WWF run. Hmm. Sometimes I miss those old gimmicks. Yeah. I used to That's think Barry Darso had fun. the most. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he might. He might. Very, he may very well. Might. I mean, the militia... The Russian, Black Top Bully, Repo Man. Didn't he have a golf gimmick? Mm-hmm. Ugh. I was so mad when he stopped being Demolition Smash. I hated I hated the Repo Man. I hated uh, the Black Top Bully. I was like, just be Demolition Smash, damn it. I like how we weren't supposed to know they were all the same guy with the, you know, right eagle tattoo on his arm. He he was that's right. He was a, a Russian at one point, right? Yeah, he was with Nikita and Ivan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, wasn't they Khrushchev? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. Then Stan, Dang. he wasn't Stan's idol, missing link, but he was close. Oh. That would have been a cool three pack. Did they ever come out with that three pack, Rob? No. You the mean Russians? for demolition? No, no, or for the Russians. The Russians. Cause I know no. they have what that, what, what's the one set, uh, let, um, the one you were collecting. The legends. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they had oh, the Ivan and Nikita, right? No, they never brought out Nikita. They had out, they had Ivan separate. But yeah, no two pack. I thought nope. they had a two pack. Hmm. Why did why didn't Nikita Koloff ever get a, a chance in WWF? Because he would not play the way they want him to play. Ah, because as soon as you had him start. Speaking English, we all kind of were like, okay, never mind. Yeah, there was a two pack. There was? Yeah. There were so many classic superstars. I mean, holy cow. Yeah, if you just want to know how many, just go to the Strasburg flea market and look at their wall. (laughs) Oh, he had a single, too. Hmm. Wow. How come I never knew that? Now I feel cheated. Well, probably by the time you gave it up when they were coming out with like 12 per series. Yeah. It's like the Abdullah the Butcher. I never knew they had Abdullah the Butcher. Wait, there's a classic superstars Abdullah the Butcher? Uh Yeah. Holy crap. Sure is. And it could be yours for $60. 
Rob, you really should have kept them stupid figures, man. Some of these prices are crazy. I bet they are kind of ridiculous now. So the Russians, and I'm just looking at a site, uh, you know, toywiz.com. Uh, the Ivan and Nikita two pack is 200. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, which I didn't know there was a Kevin Sullivan, $300. Uh, Dude Love is $80. Valvinus, oh, wow. uh, $95. Um, huh. Bret Hart, 100 Andre, 120 Shawn Michaels, wouldn't you know it, Series 1, $65. Damn. Well, the way that is is because I think what's happening is that as they got in later series, it's mm-hmm. just like the black card LJNs. Mm-hmm. You know, the black card LJNs are more – are worth more because you by that point you could only get a mail order, you know. And by the time they start bringing out some of them, you know that people stop carrying them. And Iron, Iron Sheik, Bundy, and Volkov, two seventy five. The Hart Foundation and Jimmy Hart, hundred ninety. That is crazy, oh wow, dude! Absolutely well, crazy. On the subject of figures, did you guys see the No Holds Barred? Two pack that's coming out exclusive for San Diego San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. That looks so cool. They should have done it, uh, uh, Stan Hansen and Sylvester Stallone over the top. It would surprise me if they actually did try to do that. That would be cool. Dookie. <laughs> you got a tiny wanger. <laughs> wrestling is the gift that keeps on giving rip them rip them little brother rip them (laughs) it is actually pretty cool it's in like a almost looks like a vhs tape too doesn't it yeah so it looks like a double vhs box set and it's got the it's it's got the poster style but it's it's the actual action figures of where they're posed Mm-hmm. And then you you take it out of the little box, and it's a VHS tape where the figures are housed. Comes complete with uh, multiple handsets for Hogan, only two hands for Zeus. He's got the awesome uh, belt and headband. <laughs> Hogan's got the rip them T-shirt. That's awesome. I'm, I might I might try to get that at some point just for the shirt. That's cool. <laughs> rip them. The battle uh, of the tough guys. <laughs> how much oh, cocaine? <laughs> how much cocaine did Vince McMahon do when he wrote that damn script? Good lord! Got this great he idea. Invited, did he? Oh yeah, him and Hogan did. So it's about a wrestler guy like Hogan avenging. Yeah, okay, I can see them. The egos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give them credit. They they tried. <laughs> they did their best. I don't know, man. That would so if we if you were to rank like those types of movies, right, where they have a wrestler in the lead. Uh huh. I don't know. I think that would probably rank up there as one of the better ones. Right. 
It's one of Hogan's better movies, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you would have, uh, what was the WCW one? Ready to Rumble. Yeah. Um, that one. I mean, you have all types from like the 70s. You got like Body to, Slam. Yeah. I like to watch them bleed or whatever. <laughs> I like to hurt yeah, people. Yeah, I like that shit. Yeah. I like to hurt people. Is that the one where they the move, the finisher would like take their heads off? <laughs> yes. That was like he would. That was when, uh, was Freddie Blassie, wasn't it? No, well, no. So you had you had one that was kind of like um, almost like a documentary, and then there's one where it's kind of like uh, uh, like I don't know what you call it, like a horror wrestling movie. I don't, I don't know because <laughs> like the finisher, if I'm remember right, and again, this is it's been so long since I've seen it, like. The the lead guy gets accused of like taking this dude's head off in the ring or something like that, and then later on you find out it was like a a double or something, and so the the good guy of this movie faces the bad guy of the movie, and I think the good guy's about to lose his head and something like you know something happens and the good guy pulls the win off or something, but then you have one with like I think it's like the Sheik where they talk about, like, I think it's the Sheik, how he likes to beat people up and bloody people up. And I think that one had, like, Dusty in it and Dick, maybe Dick Murdoch or something. What would you what would you consider, like, the best wrestling movie? The best wrestling movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, Paige. Easy. Paige Fighting with my family? Yeah, yeah, that one. Easy. Mm. Bar none, that one. Like based on real wrestlers? Yeah, yeah. Well, just in general, just wrestling movie. Um, I mean, I like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Get mm-hmm. out of here, go. But I mean, modern era, like the Page movie, was good. I agree with Brian. Nostalgic, no holes barred. Yeah. I could see, yeah. Because you forget you, you forget so many of them. But I think no holes barred was good. Yeah, Grunt, ready to rumble WCW movie. was just what it was. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think I found it, Brian. Grunt, the wrestling movie. What, is that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> a documentary crew sets out to unravel one of pro wrestling's most closely guarded secrets. Former champion Mad Dog Joe DeCurso. <laughs> okay, and it's a comedy. Okay, I still I still really liked uh, Beyond the Mat, although that's more of a documentary, like an actual documentary. Yeah, um, but that counts. The wrestler is a good one. I really liked that one. Um, you know, I, even though it wasn't a wrestling movie, the Highlander, because it has AWA in it at the beginning and they're at Madison Square Garden, that was pretty oh, awesome. Get up. Are we? What? It was cool. There can be only one. 
you know, now we're just talking can. about a snippet of TV. Um, <laughs> it's only five seconds, but it's the best five seconds of the movie. <laughs> then I'll say Stranger Things because they wore Hogan shirts. Yes. See? Hulkamania is running wild, brother. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, nobody said Rock and or Hulk Hogan's uh, Rock and Wrestling. It's crazy. Was Was there a movie for that? No, no, but it was a TV show, right? Well, you're that's throwing true. little Cartoon. little I thought it was tidbits movies. out there. One thing that's ne- it's, and it's never been recreated. You know, there's never been another wrestling cartoon. None. That's true. Oh well, there's been attempts. Uh, there used to be a Lucha Libre one, and there's there's a New Japan wrestling cartoon, but I've never been able, able to actually find it to watch it. I just know that it exists. And that no holes barred figure you they're pre-selling on eBay for 150 bucks. Wow. Yeah, but if you're if you're smart, you would go to the San Diego Comic Con website and see if you can get it now. Because mm-hmm. then you'd get it for whatever the price would be. San Diego Comic Con. I always like watching the uh, the obscure documentaries about wrestling. Like, there's one about a podcast that goes all over the world, basically making fun of themselves for being fans still in their late 30s. You'd swear it was about us, but it's not. Um, there's another one where it's about a Christian wrestling federation, and their rival promotion is legit a bunch of Satanists. <laughs> it's like, what the heck, man? Only, only in the world of pro wrestling. Well, you got the one on uh, Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Um, it's like uh, talking about different sports around the world or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the episodes is on wrestling. And uh, so they cover... Um, there's a, like a South American country, and it's a women's federation, and yet they're dress- they're wrestling in those big dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, oh got, yeah, that one's wild. Yeah, the voodoo wrestling, which I I would I would love to I think watch. I think that could be real entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you, I, that's a good one too. Hmm. Trying to remember, there's another one. Oh, 350 days. That's the one. Um, Evan Ginsberg is the executive producer for that one, and it's got some awesome footage with Bret Hart, with uh, Greg Valentine, with Harley Race, with the Iron Sheik. Sheik is another good one, by the way. Sheik Sheik is really good. Hmm. So look, so I'm watching the time this time, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I got a... I got a question for y'all to ponder. Fire away. For next week. You know, okay. Away, so, I forget what I was watching, social media or something like, you know, when you go to Facebook and they got those little videos. Mm-hmm. And it was Flair and uh, Roddy Piper. And this would have been, I guess, the early 80s. Okay. In the NWA. So your homework is to tell me how big you thought 
uh, you would thought the four horsemen would have been had Piper stayed and joined the horsemen. Holy crap. <laughs> and who does he replace? Ooh. Of the four original, mind you. Yeah, Ouch. That's your homework. That's a tough one. Let me write that down. Let me put this into my notes. <clears throat> How big does a horseman get with Piper and who does he replace? If Roddy Piper is in the original set mm-hmm. and who does he replace? Got it. That's a good question for next week. Our what if scenario is how big does the horseman get if Roddy Piper was in the original set and who does he replace next week? We will be talking about that. I like that, Brian. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Huh? Let's see here. Um, since you're watching the time, we're actually going to make sure we close out on time, which is awesome. Quick shout out. Like I said, to our brand new sponsor, that's Dubby energy drinks, W.gg. Use the coupon code of C2C Radio to get yourself 10% off of W Energy drinks. You've got Dragonade, Dragon Fruit, Pink Strawberry Lemonade. You got Jitterless Energy Blend for Dub Sludge, Granny Smith Apples, and Secret Sauce. Take a look at their catalog. There's a lot of great uh, items they have available, including a starter pack with a shaker for $14.99, three different flavors, and a shaker. Get yourself 10% off today by using the coupon code of C2C Radio. Well, boys, we got uh, fighter Fight for the Fallen coming up this week. We've got the barbed wire everywhere match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Um, might as well close out with that. <laughs> Brian, how much blood do you think is getting spilled in this one? Somebody's going to die. <laughs> it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a damn mess. I told my daughter, who, who loves to watch Dynamite for Darby Allen, I said, you don't want to watch that match. I'm telling you, you're not going to want to watch it. So I just I just want to know what they mean by barbed wire everywhere. Like, is it is it in like a one of the cinematic type matches? Is it in an empty arena? Like... <laughs> Special metal boots where they're walking on barbed wire. Yeah, like, I how mean, are they doing this? How are, how are we going to pull this one off? But somebody's going to die. Yes. You must that's, put on your barbed wire suit and go for it. Yeah, that's my <laughs> prediction. Somebody's going to die. Someone's going to try something stupid like uh, the McFoley bump where they get their head stuck in the ropes. That's my fear. Someone's going to try something stupid and there's going to be a real bad injury. God forbid it happened. I'm knocking on wood right now, but... That's my thought. I mean, because this is the kind of thing where something something gets screwed up. Well, I and mean, it's not, it's not that Jericho layout. or Eddie would do it on purpose, but, you know. Yeah, you have to see the layout first, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm grateful to see that this feud is coming to an end. You hope. <laughs> yeah, I do hope. That's a good point. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't heard where they're like, yep, after this match, we go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Like, the only one that said it is Jericho. Oh, did he? Did In he? his interview this week, he said, you know, I'll give it to you, but this is it. We're done. Oh, yeah, the famous last words. 
Ah, okay. Nothing's over till I say it's over. Yeah. Jericho's going <laughs> to lose. Again. Has he won a feud? Yeah. I mean, didn't he? I mean, did he take uh, Orange Cassidy? I guess. No, he lost that. Um, he beat Cody. So I guess he won that one. <laughs> wait, they had a feud? Does that count? Or is that just a title defense? That's uh, just a title defense. Yeah. Maybe you call it a feud. You Cody fans, but short attention span TV. Yeah. That's a feud, nope. brother. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else even remembers that match. That's probably true. <laughs> that true? It's probably did Cody wrestle Jericho? When did that happen? What? When? <clears throat> I'm determined to make sure we close that on time, so we're going to go ahead and get our shout outs out, out of the way and do our social media. Catch up with your boys on Twitter, Rob Hefner C2C, Vlad Dragul C2C. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L C2C on the Twitter, but I'm at Stan Grubb everywhere. The show is at C2C Radio Show and C2C Radio Show.com. Guys, it's uh, Jericho and, and Kingston in the b- b- barbed wire everywhere match. We got Ring of Honor coming up this weekend. God, there's a lot of wrestling stuff to talk about when we come back next week. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. But that's going to do it for us here on Corner to Corner. Thanks again for listening, everybody. <clears throat> Have a great night, and we'll see you next week. Hit my music. I just realized this music kind of sounds like the old Umaga music. The old what? Umaga. (laughs) 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 Start slapping the belly. (laughs) Get in the belly. 